Welcome to Leading the Next Generation with Tim Elmore. I am your co-host, Andrew McPeak, and our mission here at Growing Leaders is to empower the emerging generations with skills to lead in real life. And Tim, today we're having fun. We are. Uh, And the reason is because we're talking about laughter, the power of laughter, and why it's so vital and important, and maybe even how to begin to implement it into our classrooms a little bit, too. I only laugh because it's scientifically helpful. That's That's the the only only reason. reason (laughs) You never do it just uh, on your own. It's medicinal purposes. Laughter You're so practical. That's yeah. what I've thought about you for years. It's true. Well, what's hilarious is we were just kind of doing some research after we found out about the research behind this idea uh, into funny things that are happening in classrooms these days. Obviously, we talk about the hard part of yeah. putting kids in Zoom classrooms, yeah. but there's also a funny part to of kids getting put in Zoom classrooms and so many stories and anecdotes that are coming out about teachers who are going, you'll never believe what just happened What yeah. just happened in, the, in my classroom. So I thought we might start by sharing a few of those. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. So one teacher, Dawn, says, today one of my students was mopping the floors during my live Zoom class. <laughs> Multitasking. I know. Yeah. Like I'm proud of that kid for doing his chores, but... I don't know. It just seems like it's a little far. But. So here's another one. This is from Rachel. Um, she had to tell her stu- one of her students, please don't use the webcam and computer screen as a mirror when you floss your teeth. <laughs> I guess they were, you know. She went on to say, yes, you, you, your cat is beautiful, but if he's hiding under the bed and growing, maybe this isn't the best time to show us. You know, it's just... <laughs> So again, it's students that are a little distracted in the classroom. Yeah, so uh, Kathleen wrote, one of my students is working at his dad's lumber company, and he was literally cutting down trees while reviewing for a test. Why, and why not? <laughs> I guess he had his headphones in on that that's, one. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So um, Tasha wrote um, that she, she had to say to her kids, okay, no more licking the camera. Stop <laughs> licking your screen. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, not, yeah, I don't know if that's middle school or what. But, I don't uh, know. I'm guessing, though, that's probably a computer that the school gave them that now they don't want back, I'm, that's right, I'm thinking. Erin yeah. um, says, one of my students brought us out to her trampoline and then jumped the entire morning meeting with the Chromebook in her hands. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I love that's that. That's hilarious. Um, so let's see. Here's one. Uh, one student's little brother, four years old, the little brother was, joined us completely naked. So all of the kids start laughing, and, and of course the teacher said, I was scanning the squares, and suddenly I, I realized why they were laughing. So you never know what can happen. We've you all, never know. We've all been caught with you know our, our sweats, sweatpants or shorts on underneath the uh, That's table. That's the truth. Yeah. All right, here's one last final one. While teaching students how to construct a short argument, my twin five-year-olds barge in fighting over who is the rightful owner of a foam sword. I love the irony of this yes, one. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> Here's how to construct an argument, yeah, and the example walks right. right in yes, the door. There they are, very I rational and logical. Well, yeah. it, it has been a very stressful time, right? Even though it's been funny times as well. But I'm guessing there's some sort of uh, balance of those two yeah, realities, sure. especially in these Zoom classrooms. Well, and one of the reasons we felt like listeners, it was so important to talk about the subject, was especially because of the time we're in. Uh, a Pew Research poll found that 54% of parents of children receiving in-person-only instruction are very satisfied. 36% are somewhat satisfied with the way schools have handled the situation. For parents of children receiving a combination of in-person and online education, that number dropped to 29% being satisfied. So um, I, I think what we need to do is just say, is there a place for humanity and humor? Yes. I love both those words. Humanity and humor 
where we lubricate some of the friction that's happening, some of the tense moments, some of the stresses that we have because performance isn't up, it's down. Yeah. And why wouldn't it be if the kids are, uh, teachers, you know, many of you are in front of a few kids in class in person, but then there's a screen where the other half of the class is watching virtually. It's yep. just a tough not to crack. So one of the things we're acknowledging is the pressure is coming from every direction. Yeah. You've got the students who you're trying to manage in a new, what is a new world for them? They're probably starting to get used to it now, but it's still very new. You've got the administration who's pushing you to cover specific subjects and hit the criteria. And now uh, this Pew Research poll you just quoted, the parents are going, you yeah. know what? <clears throat> My teacher's not doing that great yeah. at this online learning thing. And it's like, man, we I think we just need to we need to add a little levity and, yeah. and treat each other a little bit more like hu humans. And part of that may come from learning to laugh a little bit. I actually believe we'll be better and students will be better, meaning performance, if we actually take the time and make room for laughter. Mm. Um, I just read an Education Week article that said teacher morale is at an all-time low, wow. at least since they started measuring. That's crazy. And it's it's low not because we don't believe that we have the talent to teach. It's just the situation we find ourselves in. And I think laughter lubricates. Absolutely. So we're not making light of that. We're no, not saying no. laughter is going to solve every problem. But what, what we are going to suggest is there's a lot of research actually that points to the reality that laughter, you said, use the word lubricator, it, it yeah. really does help yeah. ease some of the difficulties that we're talking about. So let's rattle off in just a couple of minutes some of the research we found. This will encourage listeners, I believe, and then we're going to try to offer some steps that let's you can take. All right. So first and foremost, I think it's important to realize laughter can stimulate many organs inside your body. Uh, laughter enhances your intake of oxygen-rich air, stimulates your heart, lungs and muscles, increases the endorphins. We all know about those little little guys, uh, the endorphins that are released by your brain. Endorphins, of course, are those feel-good chemicals produced by your brain that help boost happiness levels. So when we laugh, endorphins are released. That gives me good enough reason I need to laugh. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a very uh, natural prescription drug, right? If I get just a little bit of laughter each day, it's going to help my body readjust and start working honestly like it like it should in a really healthy way. So secondly, it relieves pain. Uh, laughter may ease pain by causing the body to produce its own natural painkillers. Wow. That's what's just going on inside our body. It's cool. Uh, it increases personal satisfaction. So laughter can also make it easier to cope with difficult situations. You all know that. You, Without even digging up research, you all know when you laugh, you just feel better, even about the tense things that are happening around you. Uh, it improves your mood. That's an obvious one. Many people um, experience depression, sometimes due to chronic illnesses. Laughter can help lessen that, and we're going to illustrate that and do it at the very end. Um, it provides a distraction, and sometimes distraction is good. We clearly are in a distracted generation. We're part of it. But there's actually a good thing about distraction from time to time. Absolutely, yeah. You're getting a break from... Yeah. Because an average teacher is probably thinking about what's going on, even if they're not on Zoom calls all day, probably 14, 15 hours a day. There is a point at which we need a break from that, and that's really yes, what we're talking about. no doubt. So one more real quick. Um, the case for laughter, uh, it, it, strengthen, it strengthens relationships. Yes. Uh, a shared laugh with friends or family or a spouse or a coworker can help you just feel more connected to that person and form a strong and lasting bond. That's what we actually want deep down. Uh, humor is also a powerful way to heal past disagreements or resentments. Yeah. So lots of reasons for yeah, it. Yeah, and that last one is so powerful because I actually talked with a teacher a couple of months ago who told me that one of the things that she was struggling with is the fact that she's 
in her school district, she's gone the entire school year and she's never met her kids. Yeah. yeah. She's doing Zoom classes with them, but there's no connection. And so I think teachers, a lot of them are desperate for how do I strengthen the relationship with somebody who I can't physically be in the same yeah. room in uh, as, and, and I think this could be one part of the answer to that. No doubt. So one metaphor I'm going to encourage you that, uh, to keep in your mind as you leave this podcast and go back to your work is one of our habitude images. Yeah. Um, we just believe it's very powerful to teach with imagery. Um, habitudes are images that form leadership habits and attitudes. There are 130 plus of these things, but let me just give you one that fits here. We simply call it <clears throat> fountains and drains, fountains and drains. So fountains and drains both have to do with water flow. Uh, you all know that a drain is water flowing downward yep. into, I might add, a sewer, I believe. Yeah. Fountains are water flowing upward and outward. Yeah. Uh, and I believe people tend to be fountains or drains. Do we even not use the verb? Yeah, that guy's draining. He's yeah. just draining to be around. Yep. And what we mean is we our energy is is evaporating when yep. that guy's around or that gal's around. So can I encourage you to approach your work as a fountain, not a drain? Yes. Full of gratitude, full of laughter, uh, full of joy. And it isn't that you're in denial. In fact, quite the opposite. You're so aware of what's going on, you go, the only way we're going to make it through this yep. is, to, is to laugh a little bit. Yeah, the way to conquer the drain that's naturally yeah. happening around us is to be such a strong fountain yeah. that you sort of overwhelm all yeah. the drains. Yeah. Good. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, I think we should get to the practical stuff. How do we actually do this? And you and I kind of came up with a couple of ideas. I'd love to kind of go through those and just give... Uh, ideas, right? This doesn't have to be complicated. You yeah. don't need to do a stand-up routine on your Zoom call every morning, but I think there are some small fun ways that you can start to do this. Yeah, so listeners, we always try to make ideas doable. You don't have to be brilliant to do this. Um, so let's jump in. The first one um, really is a, an intentional effort on our part. Set time aside each day for laughter. So I know you're not probably doing that. Maybe some of you are, but typically we, we're, we're straight to the grindstone. Let's get our work done. Kids' academic scores are down or my children aren't doing their chores. So I think we need to actually insert it into the calendar. In fact, um, I actually do plan. I don't call it laughter time, but I do actually plan to watch certain things. You and your wife, you said you kind of got through the summer with with laughing, didn't you, Absolutely. during the yeah. pandemic? We, I, I think we watched more comedy specials in 2020 <laughs> than any year I can remember. And it really was an antidote to yeah. the, the place we were in. So. Yeah. So in setting time aside, it doesn't mean you're saying at 12.03, we're all going to laugh, but you're saying, I'm going to put pockets in between discussion time or small group time on the Zoom or whatever, that you're just going to pivot a little bit, and learn to laugh. One of our favorite teachers, Andrew, is Patrick Irwin. Yes. He's just north of Atlanta, Georgia. And he uh, finds a way to put a different and unusual background behind him all the time. Yes. You saw this. Yeah, I actually joined his class one day, and, and he does. He, every single day he finds a really goofy yeah. background you know, that nobody would ever expect, and he changes it out every yeah. single day because he wants his kids to almost show up in anticipation, yeah, you know, what, could what, it be? Yeah. what in the world is he going to do today, this guy? And it's, he's not presenting himself as some ridiculous no. actor or whatever. Instead, it's just one little thing he yeah. does to create surprise and fun and intrigue and all those things. So Humor and humanity Absolutely. at its best. The second idea, uh, it, do something creative every day. So this is a second cousin, but it is different. It's not a twin, it's a cousin. Um, there is a correlation between doing something out of the ordinary, something surprising, 
that can connect you with laughter. Yeah. I mean, think about it. When you do something surprising, aren't, aren't you setting yourself up to be vulnerable to, oh, I just flopped or fumbled or, you know, whatever. And you just can, if you are secure enough to laugh at yourself, it can be so, so helpful. So I had a mentor years ago that used to ask me on a regular basis because he knew I was a creature of habit. Mm-hmm. He would say, Tim, when was the last time you did something for the first time? Mm. And it was a great question. Bill asked me, and yeah. I w- had to keep thinking because you know the older you get, the more entrenched in your habits. I am a creature of habit. Yeah, but um, that was just helpful. So think about something creative, something different that um, sets everyone up for entertainment and humor. That's what we're totally talking about here. Yeah. And again, be secure enough if it's on, if the joke's on you to go. Oh my, the joke's on me. Let's laugh together. Yes, yeah. creativity and humor. There's a hair between them. So one of our teammates, Grace, that we just love, her mom is a third grade teacher, uh-huh. and she was telling us during this period of time where the kids are online and so forth, she has a fort day, <laughs> meaning they, they all are encouraged to build a little fort, maybe a table with a blanket or whatever. Yeah. So they're all getting creative, and it has nothing to do with the subject she's teaching probably, but it's yeah. just more fun to learn in a fort. Yeah, absolutely. I believe that. I believe that too. So one day she's done it, and Grace said she heard her mom calling for her, and Grace came running in, and she had, she had gotten in a fort herself. She thought, I'm never going to ask the students to do something I'm not willing to do. Yeah. So as a, as a grown woman, she had been under a table. She was not quite able to get out all by herself <laughs> from under the table. So Grace had to help her out. Well, here's the great thing about the favorite part of the story. The next day, she's telling her class, you know what happened to me? And she's telling a joke on her and They're all yeah. laughing at the expense of the teacher. But it just lubricated the friction of learning. I love that. Yep. So here's the next idea. It's really doable. Encourage laughter outside the classroom. Mm. So they can tell what you're encouraging. And I just believe people do what people see. So you need to do this too. But um, have your students find a few simple items, such as photos, greeting cards, or comic strips that make them chuckle. Then have them hang them nearby when they do schoolwork. Um, or ha- have a personal Pinterest account that you can post. You know, Encourage them to make a laugh board where they save silly and humorous things. Kids kind of do this naturally, don't they? Um, and, and it just encourages them to, to take the time to smile or laugh. Uh, my family has a uh, text thread that we constantly are doing ridiculous photos. I know that's shocking. <laughs> yeah, not that's shocking, very shocking at all. Yeah. You've created a family in your image, I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah. Yes, I'm afraid so. <laughs> so sharing funny mistakes that made you and, and in time enlist them to do the same. So um, here's one thing I was thinking of, Andrew. Um, you know my career, um, for a lot of my career, 20 years of my career, I worked for John Maxwell. Yeah. John did a talk one time. It was a leadership conference, but he did a talk called Flops, Failures, and Fumbles. And it was merely an hour-long talk where he shares about some of the most ridiculous mistakes he had made. And it was all at the expense of himself because yeah. he's... But he thought, I don't know if I'm going to, you know, the, the respect's going to drop for me or maybe they're going to stop buying my recordings or whatever. It was just the opposite. It was the top selling event <laughs> and recording that he'd ever done. Yeah. Of all, I mean, of all time. He's, in fact, we just talked recently. He goes, of all time, biggest one, flops, failures, and fumbles. And, of course, that means that people just need to laugh at somebody they respect and say, oh, my gosh, I'm glad that happens to you, too. I thought it was the only goofball Absolutely. around. And it also proves that you can learn from your mistakes, too, which I think he, yeah. he taught so well. So I started doing this at GSLT from time to time, the students here in Gwinnett County, and uh, they loved it. I mean, same, same response. 
Dr. Elmore suddenly became idiot Elmore, you know, goofball <laughs> Elmore, but it was okay. And I was totally willing to laugh. My, I guess yeah. I got that from my mom. But um, I just believe, even though this may sound absurd to you right now, listeners, I actually think this is a good thing if we can just become sat- secure enough to, to do this. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. I, I think that uh, that that posture we have when we encourage laughter, when we push people to um, approach their life inside and outside the classroom with levity, it just, um, like I said, not only does it lubricate the classroom, not only does it uh, help with the relationship between the student and the teacher, but it also will probably help them when they're frustrated and working yeah. on their homework and they look yeah. up and see that joke that you encourage yeah. them to, to pin up on the board in their yeah. room. It just helps. Andrew, you probably noticed this to the point that you've gotten frustrated with me. But have you noticed we'll be in leadership meetings and I will crack this stupid joke. <laughs> I know it's ill-timed humor, I-T-L. Yeah. But um, I just am thinking to myself, well, first of all, I think stupid thoughts quite often. <laughs> but I just feel like our team needs it right now. We, yeah. We're so intense on this next event or this budget line that's down this year or yeah. whatever. I, I just feel like we've got to do it. So, Well, what's great about that, I know you're making fun of yourself, but I have actually in the years I've spent at Growing Leaders, I've realized how powerful that mm. actually is. And now I'm doing dumb things along with you, right? And <laughs> the whole reason is I realized yeah. how helpful it was yeah. to me, and yeah. now I realize it's a gift, honestly, that you've been giving for many years to our organization, but now that yeah. I'm learning to give as well. So. One thing I think that it communicates is if you've got a class of students or a team of people um, and you're laughing, they go, okay, the flight attendant on the turbulent flight is okay. Yeah. It's that that um, image again. So it's true. Okay. A couple um, more. Two more. Uh, next one, meet them where they are. Uh, so most of Generation Z, you all know, speaks in memes and TikToks. Um, the other day I called it TikTac because, you know, that's my world, but it's TikTok, <laughs> yes. Um, yep. Find ways to incorporate appropriate avenues that reach this youngest generation right where they are, the mediums that they are, the platforms they're on. Yep. It just lets them, oh my gosh, you, you're, you're real, you know, yep. that sort of thing. Yep. So um, talk real quick because you found a, a cool platform that you yeah. thought was helpful. There's to a do platform this. that's getting more and more popular right now uh, for teachers. It was created by Microsoft. It's called Flipgrid. Okay. And basically, it's like if TikTok was in the classroom. So it, what it does is it encourages the teacher to create a video that they send to their students, mm-hmm. and the students create videos back. Oh. So it's actually designed for assignments. So you could say, hey, everybody, I'm starting a new assignment. I want you to make a video. I want you to share this or do yeah. this or whatever. And you send it out, and then everybody sends their videos back, and they can watch through each other's videos just like on TikTok. So it's kind of a cool combination of the things that keep them entertained when they're outside of the classroom, and then the educational stuff you want to do inside of the classroom. Love it. Good. One last idea. Uh, Very doable, very simple, almost predictable, but make sure you take time to laugh yourself. Yes. Don't be a skinny chef who's not eating the food that you're feeding other people. So this isn't just something you do for the kids, and then you're back to your serious world. Uh, One study suggests that healthy children may laugh as much as 400 times a day, but adults tend to laugh only 15 times a day. So wow. as we get older, we become a little bit more, I don't know. Um, maybe too serious. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, right. And maybe even jaded because we've seen so many things that have gone wrong. Mm. We have to feed ourselves before we feed others. Um, and when it comes to students, if you're making joy and laughter a priority, they turn to mirror. The, they tend to mirror this too. I just think it's important. Love that. Well, those are very practical steps. And I know as we were talking about this conversation, you thought of a story that I had never heard of, but yeah. I think maybe was pop- 
more popular um, longer ago than than I was. Uh, Are you saying I'm old? Uh, older. Is yes, the only you word are. Seasoned veteran. Yeah, okay. seasoned veteran. That's the word. So this is the. I would consider this the most classic story that illustrates scientifically and psychologically what we're talking about here. And maybe this will encourage you as we sign off. So in 1964, Norman Cousins uh, was diagnosed uh, with a terminal disease. Mm. It was awful. In fact, back then, we weren't as far along as we are today at curing and healing uh, diseases. So it was um, just horrific. And he was even given a certain amount of time he was going to be able to live. Mm. So he went home and all by himself, he just got alone and thought, what was it that caused this? Was there any causes that I could have remedied early on? And he discovered after talking to doctors, including his own PCP, um, he discovered it was stress and it, would, it was trips he had taken and other things that had just been immensely stressful that had accelerated this disease. Mm. So here was his thought. I'm simplifying, but here was his thought. He thought, well, if stress brought this on, maybe laughter could undo at least some of this growing disease inside my, my body. Mm. So he got as many, he started watching as much as he could, hilarious television shows, movies, films. I mean, that was back, this is 1964. So this is I Love Lucy, Dick Van Dyke. And just, he would force himself. This was not accidental. Yeah. He would force himself to laugh for hours a day, not knowing what would happen, but knowing he, knowing he sure felt better. Yeah. Well, over time, he was re-diagnosed and realized this disease has gone away. Wow. In fact, it's on medical record. He wrote a book, if you're interested in reading it, he wrote a book called The Anatomy of an Illness. And he was basically, I don't want to oversimplify, there was, it was complicated, but the, the disease went down and eventually went away. And he believes the primary reason was not the meds he was taking. In fact, he was taking too many meds. Mm. It was the laughter he had forced himself to participate in. Mm. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what a picture of how we can actually get to the serious goal we have by laughing all the way along the way. I love that. I love that. So maybe the best decision that we could make as we begin 2021 is the lifestyle choices that we yeah. make, the laughter we include in our lives, yeah. and the laughter we prompt in the lives of our students, at least in the area we can control, which is that yeah. classroom, whether it's virtual or in person. So I just want to encourage you guys, use some of these ideas yeah. and have a little bit of fun in your classes today. Well, uh, as always, we, I want to encourage you, if you're looking for creating more ways to create connection with your students, one great way to do that is a program we have. It's not the only program out there, but we we do like it. We tend to believe in it. Uh, it's called Habitudes. Habitudes are images that form leadership habits and attitudes. We use stories, metaphors, and experiences. By the way, there's all kinds of fun activities yeah. and things that get kids up and moving and laughing and all of those things uh, all kind of baked in there because we believe in the power of this laughter thing. And one of them is fountains and drains. That's right. Fountains and drains. One of the ones that Tim taught today is one of the habitudes we use. So you can even teach this concept to your students. Well, I want to encourage you to, to check this out. Habitudes for Social and Emotional Learning is our most popular course. Uh, I invite you to check it out by going to growingleaders.com slash SEL. That's growingleaders.com slash SEL. You can try out a free sample today. Well, as always, if you would rate this podcast, uh, that gets the word out about what we're doing here. Give us five stars. Uh, that would be much appreciated. If you found this helpful or fun or whatever it was, uh, pass it along to a friend. Share it with somebody that you know. Uh, if you want to connect with us online, we are at Growing Leaders and at Tim Elmore pretty much everywhere. You are. I haven't gotten Tim on tic TikTok yet. You mean TikTok? No, not TikTok. Oh, TikTok. TikTok. Yeah, I do we'll, take TikTok. Yeah, I know you. I know you know about that one. We'll get you on Flipgrid or something pretty soon. Okay. But um, but we're pretty much everywhere else except for 
over there. And then finally, your uh, the last thing is if you've got ideas for this podcast, things you want us to talk about, um, subjects you want us to cover, or people you want us to interview, shoot us an email. It's podcast at growingleaders.com. So thank you guys so much, Tim. Thanks for making us laugh a little bit today. Uh, thank you guys for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Woo!